Another shitty podcast. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Morning Wood. Have you ever just walked through the forest and you see the sparrows flying amongst the treetops? You smell the air. What is that, pine? You crunch the pine cones, the needles, the tall grass. A deer gallops in the distance. You know where you are? You're in the woods in, in the morning. That's morning wood. This week's episode is sponsored by Not Candy Corn. Candy corn is the worst thing ever invented. It's just sugar with different colors and doesn't even taste good. It's not even good sugar. All of it should be burned, thrown in a, into a lake, and never seen again. Candy corn is the worst thing ever. And this is, goes out to my sister because she likes candy corn, but it's the worst thing ever. It sucks. This week's episode is sponsored by Not Candy Corn. It's sponsored by anything else. Please, God, candy corn sucks. Lord help us all. What's, What's up, up with your week? What's up with your week? What's up with your week? What's going on with you? I feel people probably hate Mariah that. Carey. I feel like people hate that. <laughs> hey Nicholas, uh, what's going on with your week? I had a kind of a fun week this past week. Uh, last Sunday, I went swimming with our friend of the pod, guest on our first our first guest ever on the show, Mark Ooh, Richard. That's right. We went swimming and went off the high dive, which was big for both of us because we're both scared of heights, and that was scary. But I can't wait to do it again. And how, how tall is a, a high dive? This particular one at the Sherman Oaks Van Nuys Pool, I don't know, but if I had to guess. It's about... 20 feet? At least. Yeah? Yeah. That's high, man. Now, is it People a, meant was to a be big that high. slab or is it a board or what is a it? A big old slab. Yeah. yeah. I'm even more scared to jump off of a board that moves, you know? Oh, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know why, but... We did that. That was cool. Um, I'm supposed to get footage back from the short that I did a while ago, which is cool. Looking forward to that. I had a hike go wrong at Wisdom Tree, which is a place kind of near Burbank with my buddy JT. Um, shout out to JT because he's, he's running a marathon in Chicago this Sunday. But it's a really cool hike up to this tree where people write notes and shit. And I re- hadn't done it in about four years. And I knew that there was a trail that was kind of like off the path that went kind of straight down. Have you ever done that hike, by the no, way? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, Maybe I was misremembering shit, or maybe the trail just kind of changed in the last four years. But we got about 80 yards away from meeting back up with the trail that we were started on, like the main trail, and suddenly the trail we were on stopped. And so we kind of like had to scale down this mountainside, and it was like loose gravel and all sorts of shit. Oh, no. And so (laughs) I feel terrible because of what I put JT through because he was expecting to go on a hike, a nice leisurely hike, and it could have ended very badly with snakes that were, like, falling. Oh, shit. But it didn't. Were you near, like, a cliff or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And man. it was, like, really loose uh, dirt. 
and rocks and stuff. It was the kind of rocks that looks like a rock until you touch it and you realize it's dirt. Oh, no. And it was just very... But, um, I don't like any of that. I felt really bad because I could have injured JT pretty bad, and he has a marathon to run. So he didn't get hurt, which is great, and good luck in your marathon on Sunday. And let's see, what else is going on? I bought tickets to go see Shooter Jennings in Green Hall at, in uh, Texas when I go in a couple weeks to baptize my godson. Oh, nice. Which is cool. I think Elliot's going to be coming. We'll see. What? Yeah. I don't know if he likes Shooter Jennings, but he's got a ticket if he wants it. Oh, and what part uh, of Texas? It's near New Braun. Well, it is New Braunfels, Texas. Because he's near. Houston. He's in Austin. So. Well, I think he's in in Houston for the time being. Oh, is he? With his family. Okay. Until they find a place. So this will be two weeks from now. So maybe. How far away is maybe, that maybe from not. where you're going to be? From Houston? I don't know how far Houston is. Anyways, shoot him a text. Yeah. Shoot him a text. <laughs> All right, and then I've got my Saturday party happening on Saturday <laughs> during the day. And I'm looking forward to that, hanging out with good people and drinking uh, a lot of alcohol. Sponsored by John Legend. Thank you, John Legend, for you, John. all of your alcohol that you gave me indirectly. You didn't know it, but you did. So thank you. I appreciate it. Trent, what's going on in your week? Dude, I just, uh, I just got back. Uh, Sunday evening from Anderson, Indiana, where I went to college. Uh, finally, after all, you know, all the listeners on the on the pod, after all these times talking about it, we finally screened our short film. It went really well. Whoop, whoop. Um, we did live comedy. Me and Sipka and uh, Luke Stafford played some live music. We did like a little show out of it. But yeah, man, we did a screening, uh, an event like uh, Saturday night of homecoming, and then at chapel on thursday for like current students it was cool man a bunch of students came up and you know picked our brain or we'd be walking around campus it's kind of it was kind of funny but students were like hey great job man that was awesome like people don't even know uh, i was like oh that's kind of cool um that's not what it was for you know it wasn't for you know my ego or it wasn't for a, your attention a pat, on, a pat on the back yeah right uh no but it, uh, it's just it's just nice when you know people compliment you on something you worked so hard on. Uh, but it's very thankful for the alumni department of my alma mater being so willing and down to like make this thing happen. Um, they, you know, helped fund a lot of the project and uh, just believed in us and made it made a great weekend out of it. So, uh, so I, excited about that. I hosted Bingo last night, which is fun. Um, always a good time. People get rowdy on that, which is funny to say. If people get rowdy playing bingo, but Woo. when you put out a brewery and I'm hosting, it gets a little rowdy, so that's fun. Those grandmas go nuts, yeah? Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Working pretty much a normal week this week. Uh, watching the Conor McGregor uh, Khabib fight Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Or Saturday night with, with Nicholas, actually. We'll talk we got, more about we that. got your money on. Well, we'll talk more about that later in my segment. You got it, dude. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it in the wrestling Slash this week MMA segment. Uh, and then uh, Sunday, I'm really excited. I'm filming with a good friend, Lauren Frost, for this little show that she just wrote. Woohoo! And uh, freaking love Lauren. Also, um, yeah, friend of the pod. Also, Sunday, uh, my roommate Mark and I are going to go to the Adult Swim Fest. Uh, Run the Jewels is headlining, and I'm super, super stoked. Um, lots of fun stuff. That's what's great about living in LA. I mean, 
It's expensive as hell, and there's traffic all the time. But, dude, there is a lot of cool stuff to do here. But once you get past that, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, so you got to have, you know, you got to have a glass half full kind of mentality. You do. You know? Wherever. Um, it can kind of, it can kind of be grueling, you know, just to your day to day here. Just commuting. Just me coming over here, you know, to Hollywood. Uh, you know, uh, I'm complaining, but it's just, uh, it's really not all that bad. Like, no, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, that's what's going on with my week. It's time for the weather, everybody. We're going to send it outside to our guest weatherman, E-40. It ain't nothing but me. That nigga E-40. Mr. 40, what's the weather outside? Better sprinkle some of you fools with some of this. So there's uh, some precipitation out there? Yeah. Focus, pocus. Skiggity scat. Trent, I'm having a hard time understanding what he's saying. I think he's saying sprinkle me, man. Is it is it raining out there? We haven't had any rain in 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 months. Is that what you're saying, Mr. Forty? Should I bring an umbrella? That's all I need to know. Should we should we bring an umbrella outside? I guess that's the weather report. Thank you, Mr. E40. Fuck around and get evaporated. I'm not gonna fuck around because I don't want to get evaporated. Ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast this week we have David Gunning. He's an actor, voice actor, and producer, and all things uh, creative. Welcome to the show, David. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. <laughs> what a great intro. All things creative. I think you should uh, eliminate all the other actor, voice actor, all that, and just say, all th- that should be on your business card. <laughs> David Gunning underneath yeah. all things all, all creative. Things, all things entertainment, all things creative. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. complimenting the way that I did the intro, and now I know you're just complimenting David, and it hurts a little bit. I'm complimenting both. <laughs> well, I'm complimenting you. both. You guys are, you guys are I'm saying you just gave him his tagline for his business card. Yeah. <laughs> or like your, your Gmail signature, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm going to Vista Print right now. I'm getting, <laughs> getting a thousand printed up. As, <laughs> a thousand? As we're speaking. For ten bucks, right? Yeah. I always do that. I always get like way too many business cards i'm like i used like 20 this year oh, you know what i mean well, it's gotten to the point where like people people rarely hand out business cards anymore anyway you're like what's right. your phone number what's your instagram what's yep. your email yeah 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 definitely straight for that. a lot of times people I, I think there's been a couple times this year where i've asked someone for their business card i don't even know fucking why but i did and they were like ah i, I left them at home and i was like ah that's okay so did i so it's alright. Well, it's easy you now. Have I mean, these, we have these robots in yeah. our pockets that can record yeah. anything. Take out your Instagram. Right, yeah, or hey, uh, what's your email? Plug it in. It's exactly. as simple as exactly. that. You know, uh, yeah. But anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's segue into all the cool stuff that you do. Um, I want to start off, first of all, with your movie Sick for Toys mm-hmm. that premiered in September, I think. Uh, yeah, September 4th. September 4th. Oh, sweet. Of September- this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah. It's awesome little um, horror thriller Christmas movie, kind of, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, you can kind of mold it into a horror psychological thriller. Um, and yes, it's also during Christmas time. So like David is all things creative, this movie is all things movie. Um, it's really, it's really good. Can you wanna, do you want to give us like a quick spiel on what the movie is and what it's about? Um, 
Sure. So, uh, Sick for Toys, uh, like we've already mentioned, it's it's you know a psychological thriller during Christmas time. Um, I guess the easiest log line to give you about the film is essentially um, it's a uh, it's a guy. It's, it follows a guy, uh, my character. Uh, his name is Roy, who uh, he is a severe introverted, awkward, uh, insecure guy who always finishes last. Mm. Uh, he's a guy who always tries too hard um, and never really has any success with, um, you know, uh, women in particular. Uh, so uh, essentially he runs into this alluring, uh, alluring woman. He winds up being at the wrong place at the wrong time and a lot of crazy things start to unfold because of it. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to say that it, the film, uh, it, it, what we tried to do was kind of uh, grab everybody's attention early on and then just have a bit of a slow burn and then have everything just completely collapse on everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, hopefully that's what the uh, audience feels like we accomplished. Uh, but uh, as more and more reviews roll in, I, I think we'll get more of a sense of whether we did our jobs right or not. Cool. Yeah. So like David said, he's he stars as Roy in the film, but he also produced it. Um, it took place in Texas. Yes. Uh, How did you go about deciding that Texas is where you're going to do it? Okay, so um, my business partner, uh, John Paul Burkhart, who is also uh, starring in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a great job, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, Amazing actor. I feel like he's probably... He's not fun to watch in the best way. Like yeah, I mean, pretty, oh, the way that he went good. into his character is pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think John Paul is probably uh, one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. Um, it surprises me that he, you know, is not a series regular. On uh, he can do comedy, he can do horror, uh, he can pretty much do it all. Cool. So um, for him to, uh, you know, be one of the uh, starring characters in this. Um, it was definitely a privilege working with him and also always working with him as well. He is my business partner. So um, anyway, uh, getting to Texas. Uh, so John Paul is from Texas. Uh, he um, reached out to uh, an old friend of his uh, who um, had some family members who uh, had a massive, massive piece of property out in this um, town, Nocona, Texas. Uh, great little town if you've ever uh, played baseball. Um, Nocona is where they make the last American-made baseball gloves. Oh, cool. Um, they're super soft. You see a lot of those gloves, um, you know, kind of at all levels, but definitely like more uh, more on the pros because uh, they're definitely a pricey glove. I mean, they're like, you know, solid. Anyway, uh, and uh, so uh, they, they kind of came together, John Paul, his friend, the family, and they decided, um, hey, this will be a great place to shoot this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helped lower our budget because we didn't have a lot to work with. Immensely, I'm sure. Yes. Um, shooting in uh, Los Angeles is a very, very difficult task anymore. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, you would, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, not to get into the politics of um, Los Angeles and Hollywood and tax breaks, but... It's it's just it's become increasingly harder for the little guy to shoot projects in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Yeah, so hence why you see projects moving kind of all over the place: uh, Atlanta, the Southeast, Carolinas, um, you know, Canada, Vancouver, Toronto. 
Um, I mean, there still are, there is still a ton of production in Los Angeles, obviously, with uh, network and all that. But, um, you know, that, that's really uh, Hollywood's where the, all the big bucks flow. So uh, essentially what we did was, you know, we found this town. It was very affordable. Uh, and the people of Nakona were amazing. Uh, they offered uh, a bunch of locations um, for use. They agreed to um, keep up their, uh, their, all of their holiday decorations for us. Uh, after the new year from when we were shooting. So it just made everything very easy. Um, yeah. That, so, so that's essentially why we moved. What part of the Texas. state was that? So Nakona is about two hours north of Dallas. Okay. Uh, it's just under the Oklahoma border. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it, the, the weather there is just crazy. Mm -hmm. One day it was piping hot and the next day it's snowing. Uh, and so the first day I think I went outside and I was jogging, um, you know, on like the snowsuit. And then the next day I'm in a short and shorts and a t-shirt. It, it was, it was wild. What time of year? Um, we shot in January. Mm. So yeah, it's dead of winter. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, shooting down there was definitely an experience, um, and extremely grateful for the people of Nakona. Um, and uh, you know everybody that was just able to lend a hand and help us out with the film. How many uh, how many days was uh, shooting um, there? We were on set uh, a total, uh, I believe, of sixteen or seventeen days altogether between um, unloading and then packing everything up and then uh, you know from start to finish. Um, but as far as uh, production goes, um, as far as I can remember, it was about I think about fifteen days. Yeah, fifteen days on set, approximately. You know, it was it was a while ago, so I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. all that. Did you shoot anything here? Or was that all done there in Texas? Um, no, everything was done in Texas. Uh, you know, we we flew out uh, part of the crew, flew out uh, some of the cast, and then uh, we kind of did like a half and half. We had cast and crew from Texas as well. Um, That's so. a pretty rigorous shooting schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a little <laughs> nutty, but uh, we got it done. So, uh, you know, we were able to put it together and get it sold, and and um, and uh, you know, it's been out for a month now. Uh, so, um, we're really we're really happy with the results so far. So, once you finished it and you were like you said, you did get it sold. What was the process like going from okay, we've completed this to okay, now we have to find someone to buy it. I'm taking notes um, on this too because it's 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 an, it's an indie thing. I'm assuming yeah. you had to. Exhaust all options. Absolutely. Uh, finding distribution is um, it's, it's a catch-22, just like anything else in Hollywood. Um, trying to get an agent in Hollywood, they don't want you unless you've gotten, you know, unless you've done work. If But you can't. It's hard to get work without yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't get any work without a resume. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So um, uh, when it came to distribution, we uh, essentially we're trying to contact multiple distribution outlets mm -hmm. and 90% uh, of, uh, of the people we were contacting never even responded, you know, mm -hmm. they'll just ignore you because they have no idea who you are. They don't care. Uh, but luckily um, through our connections, we were able to get it over to uh, entertainment studios, which is actually uh, what we consider the hottest blossoming studio right now in Hollywood. Um, they recently, uh, they released, um, uh, Christian Bale's um, Western uh, oh, Hostiles. Hostiles. Oh, uh, yeah, shit. They had uh, 47 Meters Down with Mandy Moore. 
um, and uh, uh, Chippa Quiddick, I believe, is, is how you pronounce it as well. I, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So about you can see that all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were we were very fortunate that uh, they uh, were able to hook up with us, and then they yeah, watched congrats. the film, and they were like, "We love this." Um, so. Uh, what happened was uh, we wound up with our digital department, which is called Freestyle Digital Media, mm-hmm. and um, and now it's the film is on you know just about every digital platform you can imagine, um, uh, you know you can you can find it on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Vudu, you can get it on your PlayStation, Xbox, uh, you know pretty anything that you click buttons at, you know you, you can find it. So <laughs> we've lucked out, definitely, definitely. That's great, man. I gotta check out this movie. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, so by getting that sold, that's opened up more doors for you to create more movies, right? I think you've already sold one or two because Uh, of it. So Sick for Toys, uh, was the first film that we sold. Right. However, that helped us gain, uh, notoriety to create another one. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys can actually do this. Right. Right. So you have people, they come, they see the film and say, oh, these guys actually have a clue Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Uh, so we've been able to fund our next film. Uh, which we'll be shooting in late November uh, into December. And, um, you know, we're hoping to have a quick turnaround with that and hopefully uh, get that out in uh, 20, what year is it? 2018, right? <laughs> yeah. God. God, every day it goes by so fast. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, <laughs> so we're hoping to get that out. I can, by... I can actually tell you why that is, but <laughs> yeah. keep going with your story. I'll yeah, tell yeah. You. Now we're hoping to get that out by, uh, um, you know, 2019. So. Can you uh, give us any insight into what the story is there? Or do you want to keep it under wraps um, for let's now? Let's just say it's going to be more of like a Hills Have Eyes meeting Evil Dead. So like a horror I remember parody. You type. were telling Wait, me. Are you a horror guy? Um, I enjoy horror. Okay. Uh, what, what's, you know, I think horror is the easiest genre to shoot for low budget right. uh, of course. producers. Because I think yeah. you were trying, I think you were telling me a couple weeks back that horror is one of the simplest ones to get sold. It is. It is. You know, that's that's kind of what we've been basing our projects around um, from the get-go because the horror genre you can shoot for super low. So why uh, is that? You know, um, well, because uh, you know, when it comes to budget, um, it's really like the effects can be the expensive part, but you can even work your way around that, and it's more of just like a straight timeline as opposed to you don't need a ton of. Um, uh, you know, uh, computerized, you know, animation, anything like that. It's you also don't need simple. to show very much for something to be scary. Because mm. that right. was the thing with Jaws. Mm-hmm. Is there, I think it was like, I think that Jaws was actually like a, that was an effect of just the shark not working properly. But you don't see the shark in its full entirety until like the, the very, last, very yeah, the last part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And still you're just... The first hour and a half, you're terrified of yeah. this fucking shark yeah, that you right. don't see. It's still scary. I, I still, I don't know if the last time you all seen that movie, but it's still. I watched it during Shark Week. It still holds terrifying. up. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It, totally. And, you, and when you yeah. see the reveal of the shark, I'm like, you know, you know what time it is. I'm like, that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah. yeah. Now they did a great job with it. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an iconic film. Classic. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the horror goes, you know, Sick for Toys wasn't even on our slate to be shot. Um, you know, we had a different film uh, that we wanted to shoot. And since we had never, we had no track record as far as feature films go. So uh, what happened with Sick for Toys, essentially, uh, we uh, had um, we had been connected, uh, John Paul and I, 
we had been connected with uh, one of the biggest horror online buffs. Uh, his name is uh, James uh, Oster. Uh, his nickname is Jimmy O. He runs um, uh, Arrow in the Head uh, uh, website, which is a huge horror website. And uh, we sat down with him and we were trying to figure out ways how to get the money for the film that we currently wanted to shoot because hmm. we only had X amount. We're like, ah, you know, where are we going to be like, or in, in another couple months? Are we going to be able to shoot this? Mm -hmm. So um, what, uh, what uh, James did was he said, look, I have this, um, I have this other film that you might be interested in. Uh, it's a great script. Maybe you should take a look at it. And said, okay, cool. Yeah, show us because we want to shoot something with what we had. Mm -hmm. So um, James introduced us to uh, Justin Xavier, who is the uh, screenwriter. So what happened was James came up with the whole concept of Sick for Toys. Um, you know, got it kind of kick-started, uh, all the ideas, characters, this and that. Uh, Justin Xavier then took it and he molded it into the, the screenplay, what you, you know, see now, and they kind of, you know, came together and they, they worked it out. and. And, uh, that's sick, dude. I thought that is. was all in-house. I thought that just came from you guys. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. So uh, John Paul and I had never met uh, Justin Xavier before um, Sick for Toys. So, um, so uh, we sat down, we read the script, and uh, we were like, you know, we can shoot this for what we have right now. So, uh, you know, we were very, very fortunate to... Uh, not only run into James Oster, who introduced us to this new script, um, but also uh, Justin Xavier, who also stars in the film too. So in this whole process, uh, you know, we have uh, met new people within the horror business, um, met new actors and stars. Uh, we were able to uh, cast Camille Montgomery, who is the lead female in this film and just blows it out of the water. Uh, this girl is absolutely amazing uh, in the film, and um, I see her going uh, many, many places just after this one performance. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I guess getting back to my point is that all of uh, you know all the low-budget films it allows fluidity because maybe something doesn't work out. I know, come find something else. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Amazing. No, yeah, no yeah. I know Camille. Yeah, yeah. no, she's great. <laughs> While you were talking, yeah. I was like typing this in. And I was like, is that the same Camille I know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a very, like, you don't know a lot of Camille's. Right, right. Holy right. shit, she was yeah. in this movie? Uh huh, yeah. Camille is the lead. She is the, she is the oh, star. I, I saw the movie. I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Camille. Uh, <laughs> I'm tripping out. Yeah, um, small, uh, you know, uh, terrifying. Shorter, shorter physically, yeah. but large and terrifying on screen. Yeah. So uh, she brings a presence that is just amazing. So I'm definitely going to watch this yeah. even more mm -hmm. now. I yeah. want to say, I, I don't even, this is kind of like a little bit of a segue. It's still about Sick for Toys, but I just wanted to mention my favorite scene. And it doesn't really give the story away at all. Mm -hmm. I, at least I don't think. Don't you dare. You uh, <laughs> I was going to say. So this yeah. is exactly what happened. This is what people uh, say. Like, oh, I'm not going to give you anything away. <laughs> and it's just like the main thing. No, but there's, there's a scene where your character is under the influence of something. And the way that, um, who's the director again? David Del Rio. The way that the way that David cut it all together, I I loved it so much. I yeah. loved it. Uh, David, um, I see a lot of big things for him as well. I mean, David Del Rio, uh, he's he is our guy. Uh, we hire him to direct our projects. He's is he doing the, he's doing the next one? Yeah, he'll be the director of the next film, um, which is called. Uh, oh, I haven't even told you the name of the film. It's called Roadhead. All right. There you go. And the the the, the tagline will be. 
use it or lose it. Right. Okay. So there might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Who, who wrote yeah. this one? Yeah. Um, so uh, this was uh, another uh, Justin Xavier uh, oh, okay, script. Cool. And uh, we have David Del Rio uh, directing it. John Paul and I will be producing it. Are you going to um, find a spot for yourself in front of the camera? Uh, not in this one. No. Um, we're going to find some fresh faces. Uh, we don't want to put ourselves in every single one of our projects. I think it's a little redundant. Um, you know, we want to be creative in, in every way that we can, and we want to make the best product that we can. Yeah. Um, so hence, that's why we continue to hire uh, David Del Rio. So yeah. that uh, uh, dinner scene that you uh, mentioned, mm-hmm. we had to dedicate an entire day just to oh, yeah. that scene because um, there are so many different angles, uh, so many different um, shots. And it's 13 pages. and it's mm. just, Was that a 13-page scene? Yeah, that Holy is a 13-page scene straight through. So, um, you know, if there's a mess up, mm. take it back, right mm-hmm. back into it. Um, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a long dinner scene. So essentially what David wanted to do was he, he had to find a way to keep everybody interested. And I think that he did an amazing job with it. Um, How did he do that? Because I know just from being on set for, I mean, I mean, I got, I personally get tired very easily. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on set for like eight hours, I'm just like about to fall asleep. Yeah, no well, well uh, David carries an energy with him as a director uh, that uh, that I find to be um, pretty unmatched. Um, he just uh, he he always comes up with a slogan, you know, during during every film, and he's great at it. Um, a film that uh, he directed. Um, called A Second Opinion. It was a short film uh, that I was in um, that he actually, well, we wound up taking to the Cannes Film Festival. Is that the one that you showed me about uh, Monopoly? Uh, no, no, no. That's a different one. Oh, okay. a different one. Uh, so A Second Opinion uh, deals with um, uh, social issues as far as um, race relations. Mm-hmm. I remember this yeah, one. Yeah, race relations, yep. um, uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, type uh, issues. And, um, you know, just opening up eyes. That's mm. kind of essentially mm-hmm. what that's about. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we took that one to Cannes. We won runner-up in um, the uh, American Pavilion showcase out there. Uh, that was really cool. But, uh, you know, for that film, it was, uh, you know, uh, let's make a movie. And he would sing it left and right. Let's, let's make a movie. You know, and then... Uh, uh, like you're sick- in a musical. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then Sick for Toys was, um, you know, it was like, do you hear that? Do you smell that? We're making a movie. Yeah, I, mean, it was just, I love it. Yeah, it was always. I love it. I was always this guy, man. I it was love it. Always random, you know. But I mean, he's he's great. He's he's amazing. I mean, you know, you could. He was in Grease Live. He was one of the. Um, oh, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. David Del Rio. Um, I was in Grease Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. he was. Uh, he he was one of the what are they called? The Scorpions. Wasn't yeah. He? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So. That's where I yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he had the sideburns, though, and the goofy haircut. Uh-huh, yeah, he was in Belko Experiment. So he's doing really well. Um, you know, yeah, awesome. He's great on camera, and he's great behind camera. So you know, he's going to have an amazing career. Um, but you know, as I, we're just hoping that he doesn't blow up too big so that we can't hire him in the future. Yeah. While, while, we're, while we're on the subject of, of Definitely. your acting career, yeah. let's talk about the climate in Hollywood right now. Okay. And yeah. about how there's, uh, there's been a switch in how we're going about casting. What has it been like for you to be here during that switch as a mixed race guy yourself? Mm-hmm. And how do you think that you fit in um, now 
as opposed to, you know, four years ago, before Oscar So White. Right. <laughs> before Oscar So White. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, what we're really touching on is the fact that it, it, it's, it's a little dangerous in Hollywood. If you're a middle-aged Caucasian man, you mm-hmm. know, quote unquote, um, it's, it's, uh, you'll hear rumblings that you're almost poison if that's, you know, your look or your type at this point. Um, you know, for me, it's always been difficult, uh, being, uh, you know, an ethnically ambiguous actor because, uh, throughout my career, it's always been, oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, you're not really white looking enough, right. but you're not really Asian looking enough. You kind of look Latino, but not really a, that Latino or, you know, you kind of look Italian, but not, yeah, I don't know, you know? So it's really hard to, uh, I think it's, it's difficult sometimes to pinpoint. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, I mean, there are so many factors that go into any casting of any project, but I think for myself, um, it's, it's definitely mentally challenging when, um, you, when your reps, uh, submit you for something and the response back is oh we need someone who looks more of this mm-hmm. so um, you know like if it's a if it is a specific character like they want a specific ethnic ethnicity mm-hmm. that's um, where I kind of lose out because I'm I, you know I'm not enough of this mm-hmm. or I'm not enough of that so it's it's tough however um, I think that um Moving forward in Hollywood, uh, I think that it's hopefully it can play to my advantage that um, maybe it's more of what people would call an interesting look as opposed to just dead set on. Okay, Mm -hmm. you have you have blonde hair and blue eyes or Mm -hmm. you have, you know, black hair and brown eyes and, um, you know, a beard or a goatee or, or, or olive skin, you know, it's instead it can just be, does this guy work out really well as his character? Mm-hmm. How well can this person act? Um, hopefully that's what it can come down to. Which it should have been all along, but <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> this guy, yeah. do I believe this guy? Right. I've always thought this, that if this the, is experience, if the role has no bearing on physical appearance, why not just open the casting up for literally anyone? Now, if you got if you have to, if, like, if it's a, if it's a Mexican family, obviously you need to be cast as like a Mexican uh, son or something like that, or Mexican father. Right. But let's say you're a neighbor, and there's no basis on your ethnicity. Why not bring Trent in and me in and David in or my buddy Dante in, all for the same role, and just see who's the best at this character, right. who brings the most. I'll play devil's life advocate. To this. That that is a a lot more hours of casting. Well, I'll play devil's advocate. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. I don't right. give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you, know, you know what I'm saying though? It's like yeah. Well, I'd say most people have an idea of a yeah, but you know how many times uh, that uh, like a uh, the one person goes into a casting office and just changes that changes their whole perception yeah. of what this character is supposed to be yeah. happens all the time because most of the time. Most of the time, people don't really know what they're looking for. My buddy, they need uh, you to show them. My buddy London, who's on Ballers, his character's name is Fat Reggie. Yeah, this dude. London is the he skinniest. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have a, 
a pound of fat on his body. He's lean, he's ripped, he's shredded. Uh, and it's and they turned it into, he just killed the audition. They just turned it into like, a, that's his funny nickname. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like when they originally wrote it, they wanted a big, you know, big dude. Yeah, he's so skinny that I remember when he was he having like a conversation. He went like a Saint Skinny. He's well, lean. He's I, lean. He's so lean. <laughs> but I remember he was we'll having a conversation trouble. with us where he was like, he was talking about how he late he wears like three Layers. T-shirts Layers. And, yeah. like, and uh and like a polo over top to make himself look bigger. Yeah, I always give him shit for that. <laughs> like, do you sweating right now? Um, anywho, um, yeah, I mean, obviously that more diversity is better for everyone. Yeah. And it's, um, these people that are getting butthurt about it, they, they clearly don't understand. Um, and I'm excited to see more stories told by more people. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we need to be fed the same fucking thing over and over? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, that's tired. I'm bored. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that's that's where I get really excited about it is that just hearing different points of view, different stories, different backgrounds, and uh, you know, harping on what what Nick said. It's like why why not? Why is it so? You know, um, that's gonna be frustrating. You know, you're not this enough, not enough or not of, that enough, not, a, yeah. not enough of anything really you know, as yeah. far as a look goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, things seem to be trending. Um, in an opposite direction um, and you know as much as you can level off the playing field um, is always a good thing yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know when it comes down to certain certain uh, factors like matching people up with families that can be that can be a difficult thing as far mm-hmm. as okay well that daughter doesn't look exactly like that mother but you know if it's just single you know characters whatever that has no, no relation whatsoever to uh, you know, uh, their the color of their skin, or right. the color of their eyes, or their hair. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully we just continue to move forward and and uh, you know uh, have more opportunities for um, the, the well more opportunities for people who are a little different from what we've been seeing for so long in Hollywood. Yeah, if that's a good way right. to put it. I think yeah. the only way that that would work is if you've ever seen a uh, Steve Martin in The Jerk. You know, he was born a poor black child. (laughs) (laughs) That casting, that worked. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. All right, so I don't know if you guys can tell yet. um, And I actually can't even remember if David said this yet, but you can definitely tell by his accent. He's from Philadelphia. Um, (laughs) A a talent that's going through a little bit of a sports renaissance for sure. Yes, Um, badass. (laughs) I'm a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, congratulations on your Super Bowl. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I like that exhale. You Ugh. know, I, I, uh, I've said this for a long time. All I, I just wanted one Super Bowl. And yeah. I, can, I can go out. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't, I don't want to. You're ready to die now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to take me out on the street right now. <laughs> I like to live my life. However, I feel fully satisfied. Um, you know, uh, laying in my casket, knowing that the eagles fight with a smile on my face. Please, <laughs> please pin the smile on my face with, with eagles painted across my teeth in my <laughs> casket. Um, it will, I'll tell you, man, after a lot of years of uh, suffering as an Eagles fan. Um, or just a sports fan in that city. Just a sports fan in general. I mean, we're talking, you know, before the Phillies won 
the World Series in 2008, it was 25 years of all, you know, the, all four major sports that had not won a single championship. I feel like Philly is, is, is consistently like almost there historically. Yeah, no, because there's you've had Donovan McNabb years. You've had, yeah, McNabb, you had I the mean, Phillies. They were, when the Dr. Phillies came back way back when. Mm-hmm. Was it like 2008 or 2009 or something when the Phillies were the, they were the best by yeah, far? Yeah, the late 2000s, uh, the, the Phillies were just an amazing team to watch. They were so fun to watch. Um, the, the, the whole lineup was basically an all-star team. Mm-hmm. Um, it still upsets me to this day that uh, that they only came away with one World Series championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are specific factors that I would like to blame on that, but I won't do that on air because I don't want to be calling anybody out. <laughs> but I'm a Cardinals fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, but, looked, he looked away, by the way. He, he looked away from my eyes. We're, yeah. we're talking yeah. to yeah, 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 yeah. a Philly fan over here yeah, who's yeah. been just battered year after year, and that Cardinals spoiled, fan over here who's spoiled just, Cardinals fan. Yeah. That Every oh. other year, you win a fucking World oh, Series. Man. We didn't make the we didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So I'm sad. Oh, man. Well, you know, uh, feel blessed uh, yeah. going to the playoffs every year. Um, but look, um, Philly sports are really uh, on an upswing right now. Uh, it's it's a really uh, it's it's a really good feeling. Especially, I feel better uh, because growing up, my old man always used to talk about having to pay dues, mm. um, whether it was in sports or school or whatever it might be. Uh, it was, you know, it was always about paying your dues, mm. you know, so, um, if you're a freshman or a sophomore coming up in high school and you're playing a sport and everybody leaves the, the pads behind, or you have to carry out all the water, or, you know, mm-hmm. you get tortured at the uh, team pool party, uh, you got to pay your dues. Mm-hmm. So as a Philadelphia sports fan, I feel like I've paid plenty of dues <laughs> yeah, right? and now, um, you know, obviously the Eagles won last year. Uh, um, Who's the big young guy on the Sixers? Embiid. Joel M. Joel oh, Embiid. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, the Sixers. Oh um, my God. The kid's a stud. <laughs> I'm worried that he'll never be healthy forever. I don't. He, get, I, he gets hurt a lot. He's so concern. good. Oh yeah. He's a legit concern. He's played 104 career games. LeBron James played 108 last year. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the kid's a stud, though. Yeah, yeah. If he stays healthy. You know, the sky, sky's the limit for the kid. He stays healthy if, uh, what's his face, point guard, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, the Australian. Simmons. Simmons, yeah. if he can get a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, even a mid-range would be great for him. Yeah, yeah. Simmons can uh, um, build his jump shot. Um, and if Fultz gets rid of the yips. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I, I don't know. I've, I've always had this uh, little bit of a conspiracy theory with the Sixers that uh, they, they kind of have been... Uh, making up injuries for their their oh rookies. that's not a that, you know what I mean? there's nothing conspiracy uh, <laughs> about that that is that has got to be fact it's like you know oh okay well we're gonna draft you at 19 and then we're going to uh, redshirt you and just say that you have an injury we're gonna we're gonna develop you and then by your second season you're gonna be an all star it's really not all that dumb because a lot of times these these rookies come in and they just get blindsided dominated, by dominated. how the the competition discrepancy from where they came from oh yeah it's totally yeah. different they game. go from being the man in college or being like pretty good in college to now you're playing against actual adults this is their job well, and I you mean, just get shellacked the you know the shot clock alone i mean 
it's a quicker game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quicker game. It's a different style. Uh, one real quick. Uh, I know this is going to go back a few years, just because uh, of Nicholas and I's uh, fandom for uh, my argument. The best time in the NBA was the '90s, mid 2000s. Without a doubt. Um, are you? Were you? Are you still a big AI fan? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think AI is probably um, the most unappreciated uh, guard, maybe a maybe ever. Yeah, um, probably best pound for pound. Did he make it? He yeah. made it to the finals. I know. Yeah, yeah. lost to the Lakers. He took. We stepped uh, over to Rome. Yeah, he took the Sixers to the finals with a uh, with a loaf of bread. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was like yeah, Derek Coleman. <laughs> Yeah, and a jar of jelly. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, he had Matumbo, who at at that point nobody (sighs) knew how old he was. Um, You know, Aaron McKee, who was um, sixth man of the year. Like Uh, four times. uh, Eric Snow, who just happened to have the best years of his career, which was only, you know, probably one or two years. Uh, Rajah Bell, who was like the slam dunk all star. But there was no. And that was pre Igadala, too, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, there were no true stars on his team with him, and he took them there. And And he took game one from the Lakers, which is considered one of the best Lakers teams. I mean, I don't know if anybody would consider them to be better than the teams with Magic and Kareem and James Worthy, but. Um, you know, to go to the finals with absolutely nobody, mm. um, and and take game one from the Lakers in LA, that was a big accomplishment. Uh, they never, the Sixers never built anybody around Allen Iverson. Yeah. Mm. Um, and some people will make the argument, oh well, he was hard to build around because of his attitude, or because you know he always wanted the ball, or or whatever. But I mean, come on, you put put a stud center in there. Uh, you know, a couple other guys who can shoot a three. Just Give him a guy. Yes, yeah, something. <laughs> Give him something. And well, when Andrej did show up and he was kind of getting groomed to be the the second fiddle, the, the team was still solid. It was really good. It was really fun watching both of them kind of interact. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There might be some truth to that because, I, I mean, you can definitely say that the AI when he left Philly was not the AI that he was with Philly. No. But when he went to Denver, and then especially in Detroit, it never really worked out um, for any of those teams either, getting very far. So there might be some truth to him not being able to play with people. But the dude was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, on paper, he was had. like six foot, yeah. 170. Oh, my God. Yeah. In reality, probably about 5'10 and a half, 5'11. You ever watch any of his dunks? Yeah. You ever watch any of the times he would dunk it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just like tip slams thrown over. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was nuts. Yeah. And I think to this day, he has the best shoe we've ever seen. Speaking of the shoe, the best shoe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, shout out my mom right now, and not in the positive sense. My mom would not allow me to get any Iversons because she said, Is "I it quote the tattoos." She said, "I quote, no, not even that." No. Huh? I quote, I'm not paying over $100 for a pair of sneakers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you got some Starberries is what you're saying. Um, I had, get this, Reebok had a line yeah. that was uh, associated with the NBA. So it was Reebok, but it had the NBA logo on it. And those are the basketball sneakers I had. So they were the NBAs? The NBA ones? Sure. 
And K-Swiss. I wear K-Swiss. <laughs> nice. You know what? You're stronger for it. Yeah. <laughs> you paid your dues, yeah. man. Uh-huh. You paid That's your dues. Right. Now you, you got your some J's. You paid your dues. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember the Larry Johnson grandmama shoes that had like the gel in them underneath. Mm. And I wanted those so bad. Uh, and my mother would just laugh at me. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we're going to pay less and you're getting your $10 shoes. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, looking back on it now, I'm glad that that's the way it was. I, 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 I don't think I would pay $100 for shoes now. Yeah. No. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just not practical in my mind. Now, there are people who collect a lot of shoes. You know, kudos to you guys. That's your thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. For me, shoes, you're going to wear them. Uh, and uh, you know, throw them in the garbage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're going to throw them away eventually. And if you're cool, you'll, you'll make your shoes work out and look cool. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I believe. Without it, without a doubt. I'm checking. <laughs> I, I check Nike and Adidas and Finish Line, Foot Locker, East Bay, once a week. Oh, East Bay, yeah. Because I know what shoes I've got. A, like a, a line, a lineup in my head of what shoes I'm waiting to just go on sale. And mm-hmm. they always do half a year, year after they come out. And mm-hmm. then I get those fresh shoes that are like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. They're usually like 100, 150 bucks. And those are the ones, like those Adidas over there, mm-hmm. those are the ones that people are like, oh my God, those shoes are so sick. And I'm like, yeah, they are. And they're like, how much are they? The blue ones? Like 200 bucks. I'm like, nope, 50. Yeah, yeah. The blue ones? Don't yeah. worry about the price. Just worry about how cool they look on yeah. my feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, my eyes are up here. Right. right. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think probably lastly... As a as a Michigan guy, I could recommend some foods to, to a lot of people, but what I can't uh, ever do is recommend where to go get a good Philly cheesesteak. Yes. I don't know I don't know I don't know what a good Philly cheesesteak <laughs> is. I was gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna tack on to that. Where's the best one? Mm-hmm. Also, what ingredients makes up Yes. Because there's a couple different ways I've heard. Mm-hmm. That is so, correct. So I'm gonna give okay. it over to you. So uh, in my opinion, um, and uh, this uh, small place is not paying me to uh, place this. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Not yet. We'll uh, take so, the shit out of them. Yeah, right? <laughs> so in my opinion, the best cheesesteak in Los Angeles is uh, called Booze. It is B-O-O apostrophe S. It's close to Los Feliz. It's over by uh, Kaiser Permanente. Uh, it is by, I believe, Vermont and Fountain. Mm. Now, uh, I met the owner a couple years ago. Um, he's a Mount Airy guy. Uh, if you're not familiar with the city, it's, um, uh, it's, you know, just another, it's another section of the city. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's legit Philadelphia. Um, so, uh, essentially what he does is he flies, uh, he flies the rolls out and, uh, you go in and it has a board with the Hold on, the, the rolls are coming straight from Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. So, uh, cause so, yeah. So booze for me, number one, uh, the most, which brings me to the most important part of the sandwich, which uh-huh. will answer the other part yes. of the question. Uh, I feel like this should be the right answer, and any, any Philadelphia purist should answer it the same way, but I might get crushed for this. It's all right. We'll so, give your, your social media handles so yeah, people can find you. <laughs> yeah. So to me, the most important part of any sandwich, especially a cheesesteak, is the roll. You need the right roll for the right cheesesteak. And that's, that's the problem as to why you cannot cre- recreate the cheesesteak anywhere else in the country. 
um, the uh, a Philadelphia Italian roll is different from any other roll. Okay, it's super soft in the middle, but it almost has like this um, textured outside where it's like a little harder, and juices. Um, don't rip right through it. So it's mm. not like but they this... collect in the softness. Yeah, yeah. Oh so it's God. not like this. Um, going, we're know, going right after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a potato bun yeah. or these, you know, rolls that you find uh, out in Los Angeles where it's like you wet it and it just falls right apart. Yeah. yeah. It, it holds in the grease and the cheese and, uh, oh, you know, whatever else that you're putting on your, your cheesesteak, you know, maybe ketchup and uh, some, some, uh, some uh, cherry peppers, which in my opinion, is the only thing that should be put on a cheesesteak. So meat, cheese, onions, uh, the, the, uh, the, the peppers, and some ketchup if you want. The only reason I got to bring this up is I've heard so many people say that ketchup ruins anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that, well, my I friend, ketchup. is false. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I, I actually agree though too because I put that shit on my macaroni and yeah. cheese. I put it on my freaking my David. corn and my scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. What cheese though? Okay. So any Philadelphia purist in my mind will tell you provolone, but the media will lead you to believe that it's cheese. The media. The, 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 media? the lamestream yeah. media. The corrupt media. <laughs> the corrupt yeah. media. Yeah. Now I myself, news. I myself am am totally guilty. I I get whiz wit okay so whiz wit means uh cheese whiz with grilled onions so you you go up to uh say you go up to a um like from a can cheese whiz oh yeah 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 Yeah. it's heated up and what they do is they put it in the bucket they heat it up they use a spatula and they just you know they swivel it around and then you pick up the bun you slap the cheese on the bun and what you do is you paint the bread you paint it and then you know cheese whatever yeah it is in, in my mind, delicious. But some people, uh, I have a cousin uh, who's from South Philadelphia who says that putting cheese whiz on a cheesesteak is an abomination. Yeah. So he puts provolone. You could argue for hours just about what cheese to put on a cheesesteak, yes. okay? So, uh, but whatever, I'm willing to break the rules. When, when you're up uh, until all hours and you've been drinking and hanging out and then you go and you wait out in line for an hour during uh, the winter time and it's 10 degrees outside, doesn't matter, you eat cheesesteak, you go and you get it and you get whatever you like, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, what I can say is uh, um, my biggest pet peeve is when I walk around and I see authentic Philly cheesesteak. Okay, number one, I already know it's fake because it says authentic. And number two, I know it's fake because it says Philly cheesesteak. If it was a regular cheesesteak, it would just say cheesesteak. That's it. That's all it is. It's just a cheesesteak, guys. You don't have to call it a Philly cheesesteak. Okay, everybody knows where a cheesesteak comes from. It comes from Philadelphia. It's, it's just ridiculous. And another thing, okay, there's no such thing as, there's no such thing, I don't know where anybody came up with this. There are no mushrooms on a cheesesteak, it just—it blows my mind. It blows, <laughs> and I'm like, like, where did you come up with mushrooms? Lunatic. Like, what are you thinking right now? I did. Uh, you put you in a in a straight jacket, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just bad. So, um, you know, and I have to call out. I have to call us out. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I, I went and actually got a cheesesteak yesterday because I knew I was hoping we might have this, this discussion. So I go into this place. <laughs> I'm not going to say which location it is, but I go into this place 
and it, it's, it says um, all Philly, 100% Philly, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten a cheesesteak from there before, and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, because they do fly in the, the, the rolls. Um, most people use Amoroso rolls. It's a South Philadelphia thing. Um, it's, like a, it's like a staple standard roll for a cheesesteak. So they fly them in, and it's, it's not bad. So I go up to the counter, and uh, I go, uh, can I have a provolone uh, without and a whiz wit? And the girl looks at me and she writes it down. She's like, okay, um, would you like any fried onions on either one of those? And this is the sound of my hand hitting my forehead, okay? <laughs> I... Yeah. All right, so <laughs> if, you, if you're running a place that says 100% Philly, know how people from Philadelphia order their cheesesteaks. If you go up to the window in Philadelphia, it's very simple. Cheese... And then wit or wit out. So whatever cheese you order, that's a cheese you get on your cheesesteak. Wit, you get your fried onions. Wit out, no fried onions. Pay, move along. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like you can be like, it's like yeah, it's gonna be like, gonna shoot it's like, you. Yeah, it's like I love it. Yeah, it's like cheesesteak Nazi instead of shoot yeah. Nazi in Seinfeld. Yeah, I yeah. love it, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to put that out. You better recognize that's all I've got to say. It was very, it was very upsetting. But I got over it. I had my cheesesteak. It was okay. It was okay. But it wasn't, uh, you know, it's just it's not home, so it's it's impossible to replicate. All right, pro tip to all you people listening about Philly cheesesteaks. His name is David Gunning. He's a phenomenal actor, phenomenal voice actor, phenomenal producer, phenomenal human being. Next time we have him on, we'll probably just talk about sandwiches and maybe even do taste tests while we're doing it. Uh, David, where can we find you social media-wise? Oh, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. You can find me at David Gunning Act. Very simple. Uh, all life's a stage, so I figure why not just act right after my name keep it simple you just find it and then one more time uh, tell, tell us where we can watch the movie and the name of the movie okay uh, so Sick for Toys your uh, holiday psychological thriller you can find it on iTunes Amazon YouTube movies uh, basically any cable channel that you have you can order it on demand Vudu PS4 Xbox uh, Pandora what is it called Pandora movies or Pandora I now or whatever one. Uh, it's it's all over the place. You can find it, um, order it, enjoy. Uh, we'll also be screening at Shriekfest, uh, which LA Weekly named as the uh, top uh, horror film festival uh, in Los Angeles. It will be screening this Sunday, October 7th uh, at 6 p.m. So you can find tickets online at uh, shriekfest.com, I believe it is. Uh, hopefully you can come and join us, do a little red carpet action, have a couple drinks, get silly and uh, come and hang out with uh, some amazing, talented actors, producers, and just entertainment people, and, and, and enjoy your Sunday. Awesome. Thank you so much, David, for being on the show this week. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, this is my first uh, podcast interview, so very, yeah. uh, you know, very exciting First for me. of many, dude. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to uh, talking to you guys soon. Now it's time to bring some stuff to your attention. I will go first. I want to bring to everyone's attention the man... Taika Watiti. He is a director and an actor from New Zealand. You might know him because he directed Thor Ragnarok, and he was also the character Korg, a very funny rock person. Um, he also wrote and directed a bunch of episodes of Flight of the Concords, another show that people are very familiar with. I think I connect to him because I think that we think similarly creatively. 
He's got a short film that almost won an Oscar in 2004 called Two Cars, One Night that I can't recommend highly enough for people to watch. And another feature film called Boy that was at one point the biggest grossing film in New Zealand until he made a film called The Wilder People, which is now the biggest grossing film in New Zealand. So he's, he's pretty awesome. I recommend him to everybody. Trent, now it's your turn to bring something to our attention. All right, something I'd like to bring to your attention is that time is our main form of currency. I think we get so focused on work and our jobs and slaving away to make that old dollar bills, but um, the older we get, um, I truly believe that time is our main form of currency. And so uh, when you're with people, be intentional and really soak all that up because you don't know. How much do you got? Because we all are humans on this big planet Earth and just getting older as we go. Sorry to get weird, Nick, but <laughs> uh, yeah, just be intentional and uh, really cherish all those moments you have and uh, keep those people close. Time, baby. Uh, we got This Week in Basketball with Nick Grace. All right, this week in basketball, we saw the debut of the LeBron James, LeBron James. Los Angeles Lakers, and I got to admit, at least from the highlights, it looks kind of fun, mm-hmm. and I think maybe I like it a little bit because Lonzo Ball's not on the court. Oh. I kind of am realizing that right I just now? don't like He's He's injured, so they're, uh. they're saving him. Um, I think that this team will fare much better with Rajon Rondo on the court than they will with Lonzo Ball on the court. Is Rondo healthy? Rondo's healthy. Cool. Um, Rondo's a man. I've loved watching Rondo play since he was a Celtic. And I think that the combination of Rondo and LeBron is the combo that everyone needs to watch out for. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out! Mm. Because they have some of the best IQs basketballs seen in a long time. So that happened. It was really exciting. Uh, Kanye West has some shoes out um, that the NBA says you cannot wear <laughs> this year. Because they have a, like a really reflective material on them or something. It's like tr- tr- uh, fluorescent or something. It's, it's just blinding, basically. Whoa. And so this isn't the first time that they've had to outlaw shoes that were similar to this. I think there were some Jordans that, that Carmelo had at one point. So those shoes are not allowed until they change the material or something. Um, J.R. Smith has to cover his supreme leg tattoo that he got this summer because it goes against league rules with advertising and stuff like that. He's literally got a tattoo on his leg of the Supreme logo. It's one of the dumbest things I've seen on somebody. Jared Smith isn't the brightest. Remember that playoff moment? Hill misses, rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out, throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And we'll go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith the thought they score. had the lead. He no. didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad mistake by J.R. Smith. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's his latest game. The memes that have come from that. that. That's his Bill Buckner moment. That's, that's his Bill one Buck- of the worst moments I've ever seen in basketball. I'm going to one-up you, Nicholas. I'm going to say one of the worst moments in pro sports. Yeah. You know what you could say? He really dropped the ball on that one. You could say that. 
<laughs> um, there's been there's Dad been jokes. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> There's been no action on Jimmy Butler, which um, is kind of like this ongoing little saga of him not wanting to play with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Timberwolves unable to really offload him anywhere. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that. We had the rookie debut of Luka Doncic, which is, I think, I think personally the most exciting um, rookie debut we've got going on because he's supposed to be the European Wonder Boy, and the jury's always out until we see some actual proof in the pudding on these kids so that's what i'm most interested in and then we got a bunch of big men out there that are crushing it too um they're exciting but the most important ones we saw were miles bridges and jaron jackson jr my michigan state spartans made their debuts oh yeah and uh miles bridges had two of the best putback slams the nba has ever seen that's not actually true but it is but it's not but it is I'm a little torn here. <laughs> um, they're both off to some hot starts, and I'm really liking it. And then we had the premieres of DeMar DeRozan with the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors. And uh, I think Oh, that- man. Can we pause, man? The Kawhi Leonard thing? Oh, we haven't his, talked about his this laugh? Yet. Oh, my God. I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy. I like the game of basketball. I'm a fun guy. Dude, I can't stop playing that clip, man. It's so uncomfortable. I love it. And the laugh. I'm a fun guy. Yeah. Can you do the laugh? <laughs> I, what I've decided, what I've decided is that Kawhi Leonard is in fact an alien, and he's in people clothes. That in, in this alien race thinks. All right, what are we going to talk about? In interviews or what do humans like to do? They laugh like to have here. fun. <laughs> Alright, what does what does this guy do? He just plays basketball, so we're gonna talk about that. And then make sure you laugh, because that's you know laughing is is a good you think social that the, practice. The aliens are telling him to laugh here. Mm-hmm. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Sorry, I totally hijacked your basketball segment. It was worth it. But dude, that clip I've watched that clip probably fifty times since it's been out. I'm showing everyone that clip. It's pure gold. If you haven't seen it yet, just YouTube Kawhi Leonard laughing, and you get it. There's countless examples of it. Anyway, that's this week in basketball. Trent, why don't you give me the lowdown on this week in wrestling? Cool. Um, well, we have a lot to cover because we had a bye week last week, right? Um, for the pod. Uh, cool. Well, I went to a show in downtown LA at a Boomtown Brewery called Bumps and Bruises. That was a lot of fun. Uh, two of my favorite things, beer and wrestling in the same room. Uh, a bunch of dudes. They have a giant structure there. If you've ever been to Boomtown, uh, they have this giant wooden heart. It's probably about 15 feet high. Some dude jumped off of that onto a group of dudes, and they all landed on their concrete. It was insane. From 15 feet up? Oh, at least 15 feet. Jesus. That was crazy. Anyways, shout outs to um, Marty and all the guys over there, uh, Bumps and Bruises. You put on a great show, um, you know, kind of tailing off, or sorry, kind of tag teaming off of that. I got to see uh, my boy Douglas James perform. That was great. He put on a good fight. And then um, AJ Kirsch, a.k.a. Brosif Joe Brody, 
Um, host, host, <laughs> That's a name. Hosted the show. That's his gimmick. I hail from the highest peak of Mount Brolympus. I'm the voice of Hood Slam in Brooklyn, California. So, so AJ and I met back when we did the contest for the Rock's YouTube channel called Rock the Promo. Bruce the Brewer. Um, Bruce the Brewer. And Bruce the Brewer got beat by Broseph Joe Brody. I think it's worth telling the people where they can see you being Bruce the Brewer because I think it's gold. It's on uh, it's on the Rock's YouTube channel. And if you just search, you know, The Rock and Rock the Promo. This is his first videos he ever put out on his YouTube channel. Um, so it's pretty cool. But AJ, we became friends since then. He eliminated me in the Sweet 16. Uh, but he ended up winning the championship. So it's good to know that I, so I lost you, to the you champ. you could have got second place then. I lost to the champ, so that's good. But um, could have. Should have. I'd but. say you're, you're definitely second place. And uh, so we he hosted the Bumps and Bruises show. And we got to catch up. The dude is killing the game. Uh, next time you're in L.A., he lives in the Oakland area, the Bay Area. Next time you're in L.A., AJ, we got to have you on the podcast. But, man, he's killing the game. Uh, he just put out a release on social media. Uh, he did all the motion capture and all of the voiceovers for the Create a Wrestler feature on the new WWE 2K game. That is sick. And it's him. So, shout-outs to AJ. He works his ass off. Um, that dude's one of those guys that's, like, up at 3, 4 in the morning working out and puts in all the hours. And um, So, shout-out to you, dude. Um, what else is going on? I'll be real quick with the other ones. Charlie Caruso, she's um, a backstage interviewer. She's actually just got a... I just saw she got a part-time job at ESPN, too. Uh, or ESPN as well. So she's going to be doing WWE and ESPN, which is badass. I'll have to hit her up. We might be related. And she's very pretty. And um, Well, then that makes it weird. For your case, hopefully you're not related. Um, <laughs> SmackDown's 1,000 episode is coming out on the 16th of October. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, on uh, 16th of October is SmackDown's 1,000th episode. There's rumors that The Rock's going to be there. The Rock is going to go out there tonight and do what he does best. Um, if he's not there, that would be a damn shame because that is his show, as we all know. Um, you know, he made it what it is. Lay it the smack down on the, your candy ass, Nicholas. Um, we've got, what else? Uh, the Super Showdown in Australia is this Saturday. We got Undertaker with Kane in his corner. Triple H with HBK in his corner. And I think Samoa Joe and AJ and a bunch of other matches. The last show they did similar to this was in Saudi Arabia. And it ended up being just a five-hour house show. Uh, for people that don't know what a house show is, that's an untelevised show where um, basically uh, nothing affects the storyline. Mm -hmm. So usually at house shows, you don't see title changes. You don't see anything that's going to affect the storyline. You just have to be there. It's just like an untelevised event while they're in between the televised shows. House shows are still fun, yeah. Uh, but this Super Showdown on Saturday, if I'm going to predict, it's going to be just a five-hour-long, boring house show. Oh, that's, which sucks. I was. It sounded like exclusive and fun to me. It does sound like those things. That's what they want you to think. And I'm a betting man. I'm going to say it's going to be a boring-ass show. Oh, I don't want it to be. Please surprise me, WWE. But I think it's going to be. And so instead of watching that live, your boys are going to be watching the UFC fight. So, oh. so uh, this week in wrestling is also slash this week in MMA. And your boy has been, been becoming more of an MMA guy. Uh, but Connor is back. He's fighting Khabib for the title. Um, Nick, I was waiting to this segment to discuss this. 
I'm a Conor McGregor fan. Me too. The shit, though, he's been pulling over the past year, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Be, be a gentleman. You're talking be specifically a, throwing a chair through a bus. Uh, throwing a metal guardrail through a bus. Oh, yeah. And also at the FIFA World Cup, shaking hands and being all chummy with Putin. I don't know if you saw that. I don't remember that. Well, but I just told you, so. I, uh, yeah. I'm a fan of the dude in the ring. I like his smack talk because you need that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it brings the a level up. The dude has brought so much attention to the sport. It was already a growing sport. But exactly. Whoa. But we'll see what happens on Saturday. Even though I'm a little iffy on him as a person, I'm still watching the damn fight. I love hearing him I'm talk. Still like, did you the watch the the what was it called the the promo whatever fucking interviews or something with him and Khabib and Dana White where they're doing all their smack talking beforehand? We'll watch it after this. I haven't oh, seen it. it's so good! It's so good. He's trying to get Khabib to drink some of his whiskey that he's been pushing, which is which is a now it's the main sponsor of the fight. Which the dude is a business. Man. I'm not a business man. I'm a business. Yeah. Man. <laughs> he so he made his own whiskey recently and now it is the main sponsor of his own fight and he signed a six fight deal with the UFC, which does not mean that he's gonna fight six more fights. Um it just means that he won't be going anywhere else to fight for at least six more fights. Interesting. And uh he's really setting himself up for retirement in my opinion. I can't get enough of him talking. There's an there's something really intense at the end. You know, you got to you got pose yeah. for the for the poster or whatever the fuck and Dana's got to stand in between you and separate you. And they have it mic'd up and it's dead silent and you just hear Connor talking to Khabib. And it's so intense. And he's talking to him about about how uh, <laughs> about how he's got to breathe, kid. Enjoy the moment and all that stuff. And then Khabib's manager Ali, I don't know, how fuck you say his last name. Whatever. He starts talking shit from off stage, so Connor goes after him. Interesting thing about uh, Khabib's manager, Ali, is that he was on the FBI's most wanted list for a while <laughs> um, because he was a part of terrorism groups. Oh. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> yep. Which is, which to me... You know how much I love this country. That is the number one reason why I cannot root for Khabib. Okay. His his fucking trainer. Both of these dudes was quote was both a terrorist. Both of these dudes have done a lot of shitty things. Sure. Um, apparently, Ali was uh, he was a terrorist in training, and then the CIA turned him into an informant, and. What the hell? Yeah, and then and then at some point he had informed enough shit where they didn't arrest him or anymore or, or something like that. This is turning into like a Rocky movie right now. Yeah, so Khabib's a bad guy in my opinion. I'm Either all way, Connor. I'm watching the fight. I'm yep. excited. All Connor all the way. Um, Nick, what is going on this week in hip-hop? What the fuck though? Damn. Where the love go? Oh. Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck though. Hey. I don't bluff, bro. This week in hip-hop, we'll start out with the news of the moment. Suge Knight is going to jail for 28 years. <laughs> At least. I'm sure should... he'll probably kill someone in prison, too. So, <laughs> who knows? Um, death row, that man. is for a vehicular manslaughter that happened on the set of the NWA movie. Was that him driving onto there? Yeah, yeah. He backed right up over some dude. Intentionally. Wow. He's an idiot. And dude. then... Um, his son, Suge Knight's son, is now claiming that he has evidence that Tupac is still alive and that because he has claimed that he has evidence, they are out to kill him. 
is what Suge Knight's son said. So let's watch that unfold. Whatever. Lil Wayne dropped an album. Carter 5? Carter 5. I have not listened to the whole thing. It's very long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you listened to it? I listened to the whole thing, and that's my biggest gripe with it. It is very long. Now, I'll say this. We've been talking a lot about albums this year that are seven-song albums, which I think are too short. But 23 songs is very long Mm. for an album. You don't need an album to be an hour and a half long. Mm. Especially this album, it's very front-heavy. The good songs are in the front. Once you get past song seven, you're just kind of just, it's background noise. Mm. I enjoy some of the first songs on the album. I could care less about the rest. Glad to see that Wayne is somewhat back. It seems like he's not so much on the purple drink as he was before. You can kind of tell the way he talks. He's kind of more conscious about life, (laughs) which is nice. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's my thought on it. What is? What do you think? Dude, again, I haven't, I haven't listened to it all the way through. Yeah, I think the first track with his mom crying is pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Mona Lisa with Kendrick's pretty fun. Um, I like Uproar. But uh, Uproar's cool. I um, hate that they're turning it into another fucking dance on Instagram, though. Really? Yeah. What's your I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see that shit everywhere now yeah. for at least another. What well, is it like the months. in your feelings thing? It's exactly the same. Oh, it's man. it's exactly the same. It's Shiggy doing it again, and now everyone's gonna just oh be really doing it. yeah. That guy's getting his money. He's getting good, his money. Good That's for him. good for him. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to it, so I can't give it a full opinion. A couple things I want to highlight though in hip hop world: uh, Run the Jewels, the LP, and Run the Jewels on social media uh, posted a beat and then quickly deleted the clip. And so the internet's going wild about Run the Jewels 4 and how that might be coming out very soon. Is that part of the hype machine? I don't know, man. Oh. I'm, I'm into it. Because their last album they released on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I was talking with my roommates. What if they release this on Halloween? How? Ooh. ooh spooky. Yeah. But, that seems a little bit in their vibe, too. Right? Some of their shit's kind of spooky. How much of their stuff... I love their music. How much of their stuff do you think that they... I have a feeling that they just get together and they just make so many songs. Oh, yeah. And I think that they they, just probably take the most ready and put those out on an album, but like they've got so many that they're uh, just tweaking and they're just ready to drop. um, I don't know. I don't know how LP works. LP produces all this shit, too. So I remember the last album album before, uh, they rented a cabin and uh, just drank a shit ton of alcohol and smoked a shit ton of marijuana. Yeah, in case and, anybody didn't know how really, creativity works, that got, is exactly how it well, works. Well, they locked themselves in the cabin and got fucking fucked out of their face. Um, my mouth's not going to like that. I just said that word twice. Um, but uh, <laughs> Blame it on me. Uh, but hey, run the jewels, man. Those albums are great. Also, uh, Anderson Pock just released a, a track with Kendrick called Tense. Nick and I have already listened to it a couple times. It is very fun. Check that out. Uh, Nick, do you got anything else? One last thing. I guess Kanye's album Yandi was supposed to drop at the same time as Lil Wayne's and it didn't. It wouldn't be This Week in Hip Hop if we don't bring up Kanye. So there's that. What's that shit he's pulling on SNL, man? Wearing the Trump hat and all that stuff. I don't know. Here's the thing. I've been a fan of Kanye, a pretty diehard fan since I was about 12, 13 years old. I'm, and people keep asking me, because a lot of my friends have already checked out on him. 
every once in a while he'll pull some stunt and they're like, oh, are you still a fan? Are you still a fan? I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll, I'll probably listen to any new music he puts out. But dude, it's, uh, it's bad. There's a lot going on in his head. Um, I will say this. Um, no one telling him no. Or reining him, reining him in. Well, stay out of the public light. There's something to be said for being successful enough to get to that point. Um, but I'll say this: Does Kanye make a lot of sense? No. Does he make no sense? Also, no. I think if anybody listens to everything that he says and says this is completely wrong, then they're also lying to themselves. He'll he say says, some really thought-provoking shit. But then he'll just say the most outlandish shit right after that. Right. A lot like our president. <laughs> oh, man. A lot like our president. Uh, yeah, it's a weird time. Weird, uh, what are they, what are they? Strange days, man. Uh, I'm going to end on this. Sprinkle me, man. Alright, um, this week what our friends are doing. Um, uh, I had a couple birthdays. Uh, J-Rad's birthday, so happy birthday, J-Rad. Also, we had uh, Joel, uh, my good wrestling buddy. He had his birthday, so happy birthday to those two dudes. Um, also, um, friend of the pod, uh, Sarah Brown Carter is running her first marathon, and she is ra- uh, raising money for a organization called My Friend's Place that um, helps out with uh, homeless youth here in Hollywood. Uh, so she's running the marathon, ma- marathon to help raise money for that shelter, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's what my friends are doing. What's up, Nicholas? Some stuff going on in the world of my friends is happy birthday to my buddy Eman Reyes, the flying Hawaiian. He is a great person, great soul, and he literally is the flying Hawaiian. He is a flight attendant from Hawaii. He's fantastic. Happy birthday, brother. Talk to you later. Also, I want to shout out my buddy JT, who I was worried I was going to kill on the hike this weekend. Um, he has got a marathon he's running in Chicago, and uh, he's, I don't know how many he's ran by now, but it's been a bunch. Um, so good luck with that, buddy. I know you're going to love Chicago, and we'll see you when you get back. Now let's talk about ourselves. I'll go, I'll go first. It's pretty quick. I'm excited to get my footage back from my short film that I was part of, Affirmative Reaction. So that'll be fun. Um, also, I've got a podcast going on. It's it's new and it's fantastic and it's uh, all the rage. It's called Another Shitty Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts now. Um, the way that you find it is you search another, that's a word, the word another, S, asterisk, 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 Y, podcast. It's pretty cool. I've got a I've got a really awesome co-host. His name is Brent Truce. Hell yeah, dude. He's pretty cool. He's got an awesome beard. Trent, what's going on in your week? Um, so did the short film, and now looking to do an LA screening uh, at some point, hopefully uh, before uh, 2019. This year has flown by. Um, and then got my stand-up comedy show on the 29th. It's every last Monday now at Three Weavers Brewing Company. So you'll be hearing more of that. Um, I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee to be in my good friend Jake White's wedding. I'm very excited to celebrate that with him and his wife-to-be, Whitney, uh, and a bunch of good friends are going to be there. So 
Yeah, I've um, got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And I also host this badass podcast called Another Shitty Podcast. Hold on, I was just talking about my podcast with the same name. Oh yeah, it's the same podcast. And get this, I've got a host named Nick Grace. He's got a solid stash. It needs some trimming. It needs a little trimming. But if you guys look that up, it's Another Shitty Podcast. You spell it another and then S asterisk 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 Y podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. So guys, check that out. Thank you so much for listening this week. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm out. TTFN. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>